When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. Welcome to Lost in America, episode 57, back in the park. Live from the park, baby. My name is Turner Sparks. I'm Kaplan, Hollywood Cap. You can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Hollywood Cap at K-A-P Cap in America. This week on the podcast, we have another one of my favorite comedians. Last week, we had Jimmy Schubert. He was a great comedian, one of my favorites. This week, Ruben Paul, another one of my favorites. I met Ruben in 2012 in Hong Kong. I was in a competition out there. He was the celebrity kind of like headliner for the competition. I got third place. Then we took a boat to Macau, did a show at the MGM. We drank so much booze, they stopped giving alcohol to comedians. Wow. You got you got ruined it for everybody. Crowning achievement. Wow. Ruben Paul and, and I. I saw you, you open for me the other night, last week in L.A. I we, did, I saw yeah. You. I was, I was, down at I was the in the house. Factory, at yeah. the Laugh Factory with Ruben, with Harlan Williams, with some other guys. Butch Bradley was out there. That was fun. So, that... Is coming up in a minute. Ruben um, is Haitian American. Oh, so maybe give me some par- some parenting tips. Exactly. Well, I ask we'll all see. Haitians I meet. I, I ask he, for parenting. No, no, no. Tips. He has a completely different experience because he grew up in L.A. There's no Haitians in L.A. Right. They're all in New York. Oh. So he grew up as like the only Haitian American. Okay. So it's a, it's a very different experience from an East Coast Haitian American. East Coast Haitian, West Coast. Is there a feud? We'll I, find out. There. Well, we'll find <laughs> out. There could be. So well, he's going to tell us about don't that. Don't tell Will Savance that we're here. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but first, I have bad news. What's that? I have disappointing news. Mm. I can't tell if I'm upset. Oh, I'm disappointed, Kaplan. Wow, this is like how you're, I'm gonna learn how to talk to my kids watching you do that. This, this is news. what you do, <laughs> Weber. What I, what I do, oh Weber. All right, that one. Weber, the person who our number one champion. He said you guys need to do a live podcast. Pushed it very hard. He said for if a while. you do it, the people will come out he, on the air on the podcast. Told he, us to do a live podcast. He pod. did. He said if you do it, I will be there. He guaranteed us 100. percent I think he said 110. percent Yeah, and he does. He doesn't do that often. He does not guarantee things often. Canceled on us. What do you mean? What does that mean, canceled? He said he's not coming. He said he's had enough. Is he? What podcast is he doing? He Sorry, I've been so busy pod that no, day. No, he's this stupid, big, big, stupid movie coming out called, uh, what's it called? Don't Disaster Art. Don't say the name. Oh, don't say, say the it. name. Don't okay. give that guy a plug. I, I, the, Ungrateful. The name that will not be said is a movie coming out with two very big stars. One's kind of a fat guy. One's like a handsome guy. Ha ha, it's funny. That's the whole thing. That's as much as you're going to say. And they have, they're coming out the next day. It comes out December 1st. Our show is November 30th. Don't give 30th. the release date. Oh, I'm sorry, but i got to explain. 
He has some a big Hollywood party for that thing on yeah. November 30th, so he's not coming. He also said he's telling everyone in the Academy not to come. Well, I, the joke's on him because Academy voters is our number one demographic. I've seen the numbers on iTunes. Yeah, they're really all Most of our listeners are, uh, are Academy voters, and they're all going to be at our podcast. They're all coming and to the show. And you know what we should do? We should go. I'm going to look and see which uh, other movies in the we, adapted screenplay category is going to rivals for the Oscar. And we'll vote and for we're, them. No, we're going to invite them on the pod. We're going to find those writers. Bring them on the pod. We're That's gonna, it. That's what I was going to say. We need to. I'm, this, I'm full of spite right now. So we got to get back at Weber. I don't. I don't. I'm not just happy to say like, oh, fine, or even like read him the riot act on the air. I want to do something intentionally harmful. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, I, yeah, we'll get the other people on the pot. I don't mean physically. I don't <laughs> want to hurt him physically. <laughs> no. We're not condoning violence. I want to go after his career. <laughs> so the other, we're bringing those people on the pot. I say, oh, you know what they do? We have China listeners. They Ch- sell fake DVDs in China. They do. Everyone buy the disaster artist. Don't fake say the DVD. name. I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> buy that, a fake, a fake version of that. we got to take money out of his pocket. Yeah. Go down to Chinatown. If they have them in Chinatown, I'm not sure. Yeah. And, and bring, get those DVDs. Should we give them away at the live pot if we have them? Give that, them that's a great idea. Let's give them away at the show. Maybe the first 25 listeners, first 25 people coming in, get a free, yeah, the, the movie that shall not be named copy. Yeah. And if it's if no, you can't find a bootleg copy because the studio's done such a good job hiding it. I'm gonna go to the theater, buy a ticket for something else. I'm gonna sneak in the theater and I'm gonna film it on my phone and I'm gonna. There you go. I'll give yeah. you a copy, old school bootleg. Oh baby. yeah, you'll see the guy in front of you going to the bathroom, ordering popcorn, yeah, the all that kind of experience. stuff. Listen, we're still in the park. It's been a week. We're still here. If our career's not going up, at least his is coming down. That's what yeah. I'm going to say. Bring him down with us. We're but taking our, him down. Uh, our, our, our career's going oh, up. Oh, but our career is going We're up. We're live in a park in Los Angeles. We are right the fastest here. rising podcast. Right around the block from where I used to be the, known as the park. hustling white guy on all the games. This is your local area, this right? This was uh, my peak of basketball. He used to always pick me for the games here because I knew I hustled. Well, that's so. exciting. <laughs> so let's, let's well, get, should we go shoot some hoops? Let's No, uh, let's get to Lost in America, uh, and then we got to go find Ruben Paul. Oh, my God. we got First. Let's get to Lost in America. Let's get to it. Play the music. The park, still in the park. Kaplan, I think I'm lost in America this week. Is that what it is? I think, yeah, you're what, always lost. We have a New York City election coming up. I didn't even know about this. And I've convinced you to become a New Yorker. I'm and, a, I'm a new New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, so they sent you the, what is this, a ballot? It's not a ballot. It's like a, uh, I got like a, a explanation thing. Explanation of the candidates. A guide, a New York City voting guide. And so I was going to go through it with you and try to give it some ideas. Because we're the alt-middle. But we we're still forming our party. We're in the early years of this of this movie. We are. We sort of figured it out a little bit more last week with Jimmy Schubert, although he might be on the fringe of the alt middle. <laughs> but yeah. we might have to denounce him one day, like he's the uh, John Birch Society. Not yet. Not yet. We'll but stay. At the moment, we're staying. We're, with him. We, we're a wide tent, as you yeah, once said. We're a wide tent. Yes. Right? <laughs> so go ahead. What's so, a, to uh, be yeah, let's are try running? to find some candidates for us for the alt middle and for you to for vote the for the local New York election. So should we start? We'll start at the top. We'll start with the mayor, the big fish. Okay. Who am I going to vote for for mayor? Give so, me some options. So, do you know who the mayor is? To Bill De Blasio. All right. Is that right? And yeah. he's against uh, soda, I think, right? Yeah, he's a big bum. We don't like Okay, that. I don't like that. Yeah, he's not all middle. All middle is pro-soda. So, you know, okay. I'm going, I'm starting with, I have a, two candidates for you. One is the Green Party candidate. I don't Akeem like that. Browder. Let me tell you why I like him. Okay. I think it's a man. Akeem, yeah. 
Because yeah. he starts off, all these people have these like annoying little photos that they spend so much time taking. Oh yeah, what is this, this Facebook? Guy, yeah, it looks like, this guy's got no photo. It says no acceptable photo provided. Oh, like he like, skipped school that day. Yeah, no, but no acceptable. So I'm thinking maybe they turned in something <laughs> that was like... He sent a dick pic. He sent a dick pic. <laughs> yeah, my imagination's running wild. I'm thinking, this guy's got some balls, literally. <laughs> no acceptable yeah. photo. Or he, maybe he skipped, you know, like always, like the cool kid like is not in the school photo every yeah, year. Yeah, maybe he it's just like, blew it off. It's like, fuck that. Yeah, I'm, I, I got a city to run. I don't have time for pictures. And went to the water park that day. And each person's got their top three issues, and it's like boring, education, tra mass transportation, Let's quality of life. For, I like, I'm already sold the yeah, Keem dick I gotta pick. give you his, his, his issues, how he writes them. Sure. He writes, are the disenfranchised considered, comma, how? Like, that's not even English. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> he writes the homeless population. Comma, then, how? Then he writes, children, comma, how we view them. I don't know. We're going. I'm a parent. Does he not know how to write full sentences? I like. <laughs> I like that he's open about how we view children. He's willing to listen. So I like this guy, Akeem. I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm actually already sold on Akeem, but I'm gonna give you one other candidate named Bo Deedle. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> I this like guy. That, Bo. You know that guy? I've seen him on like Fox and stuff. And I have not. I just he's like a real the name. character. He sounds like a blues singer. Can I tell you the party he's a member of? Sure. The party's called Dump the Mayor. That's oh, his party. Oh, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah, so he, he this guy's a real character, so I like him. Bo Deedle. There's a guy named Mike Tolkien who's a member of the Smart Cities Party. So you can just make up parties Yeah, now? you can make up parties. He's a tech guy, he's an entrepreneur. I, I don't know, he's a little douchey sounding. I don't like I'm gonna that. Mix this I don't guy. like tech and entrepreneur for me, even though I am an entrepreneur, I once was. Tech, I'm out on tech, I'm out on smart anything. Smart water, smart uh, whatever. Tech, yeah. Well, like well Bo Deedle says the city is sinking fast, but with your support we'll bring it back. Oh, that's pitch. like make, make New York great again. Yeah, and he's a real character. I've met him. But, you know, I think we're going to go with Akeem, right? Let's go, Akeem. Okay, we're going Akeem Dick Pick. Akeem Dick Pick. <laughs> Issue one. Now we, got, now we got public advocate. You know, you got your same thing where you got a Democrat. What does public advocate mean? I don't know. <laughs> they advocate for the public. It's like a... I'm already out. I, no, no more for them. Oh, there's a guy who's a member of the Stop de Blasio party. Okay, I like that. Um, now, all these people include pictures of themselves. Okay. Anyone? Uh, There's a libertarian who says, I'm not waiting to, getting ele to get elected before going to work. He's already doing this app that he's got. He's working on it. Oh, cool. So What's like his app for? His, uh, Ints? We've already a, a smartphone app that is going to help. I don't know. I, I got to read too much. <laughs> what? A smartphone app. He's making an app <laughs> Wait, about. Wait, apps for a smartphone? This guy's really revolutionizing the world. My goal is to distribute the power of the politicians to every New Yorker. We're doing this by building smartphone apps, a di establishing a live stream channel, and organ. You know what? It's a lot of nothing. He doesn't say at any point here what the app does. He's got a unique like seven-step process now. I don't like him. He's out. Um, you know what? That, so I think we're just going to go with the guy who's in the Let's stop the Let's go with the, the guy with the bow tie. That's Who's the he? guy. Juan Carlos Polanco. Sold. Um, he is, uh, yeah, he's he loves New York. Done. All right. <laughs> and he says dump the mayor. Right? And he says dump the mayor. I'm going to tell you, you can't vote for this, but Queensboro president, you should look up your Brooklyn borough president. Ron Artest. Well, I'm going with Everly Brown. Okay. Because she's another, she's Everly Dick Pick Brown. <laughs> she did no picture? No acceptable photo. No acceptable photo. Yeah. She's um, uh, one of us. Wow. Know. Tit pick. Tit right, pick. Right. And then, you know, I'm going a little bit deep here, but I want to bring up another uh, city district council. I want to throw my <laughs> weight before. District 23, sure. John Y. Lim. His current occupation, even though he doesn't hold office, is a political candidate. He just like, I'm. Is he a white guy? I don't like I don't, white guys with Asian last he's names. He's very Asian look. I don't oh, know. He, oh, okay. And then he, this is his like, um, everybody else gives, um, you know, a very like, uh, you know, I like what, the, what they say, their bios. It says a lot about a guy. Okay. So this guy says, raising of children can and should be taught. Children should play outside and their laughter and interaction should be the measure. 
When there is more green, the air is cleaner, stress and crime is reduced, and newborns are born heavier. What? Man cannot clean up their own garbage. That's his closing line. <laughs> That's his closing pitch. Man, I agree. I don't like to clean up my own garbage. I'm pro-litter. So is he. Yeah. So Men don't have to it. clean up garbage? John Y. Lim. Oh, can I vote for him for president? You can vote for him for president. Write him in. And then in my local District 26, Jimmy Van Bramer, he's been the guy. Okay. But I'm going with this guy, Marvin Jeffcoat, against him. And I want to urge you to get behind him. What did he do? Because everybody else writes, I'm running for re-election. I want to do this. I want to do that. This guy talks in third person. Oh. Marvin is running for three basic reasons. Firstly, Marvin wants to help return. I mean, I love this guy. Finally, I like that. Marvin is running because we can do better and deserve better. And he, he sounds has, like he a, has the uh, leadership skills. He's Marvin Jeffcoat. It's he, great. I'm in. He he believes in safer streets and law enforcement. Marvin I mean, believes in safer streets. He believes in law enforcement. I mean, yeah. you know, I think <laughs> Jimmy Schubert likes him. <laughs> yeah. I, so he's very alt middle. All right. And, uh, I gave you some candidates, people. So All right, don't so do any homework. Just vote down the line. So white All guy with the Asian last name Lim. We're voting for him. We're going Marvin Jeffcoat. Marvin Jeffcoat. was a black Republican. Hakeem I like that. Hakeem Dickpick. Hakeem Dickpick. Uh, uh, Lady Dickpick, whatever her name was. <laughs> Lady Dick. <laughs> Everly Brown. Everly Brown. Uh, we got. Um, and uh, that's good. And we got and we got Mayor Hakeem. Oh, Hakeem Dickpick. Right, Hakeem right, right. Hakeem Dickpick for mayor. All right, done. All right, babe. Well, that's vote, good. Vote, baby. Don't forget. Don't. The local elections are going to change the world. Like and and if you're in Connecticut. Joe, oh, vote for Joe Garrix. Joe Garrix, of course. Joe Garrix, the man. All right. Ints is an app. It is. Still an app. You can get it in the app store. Up to five minutes of uh, voice messaging, audio recordings. Send us in. Ints us. You can find me at Turner Sparks, uh, at Lost in America. Follow at Lost in America on Ints. Send us anything. We will put it on here. Anything. Once we get back to New York. Ints is dick pics. Once or... we get out of this park. Yeah. We've been in this park for far too We're long. We're in our studio. We don't have the technology set up. Listen. We're not in the ENDS database, but when we get home to New York, we're, no, we're going to do a special ENDS episode. We will. So get on ENDS. Let's get to Ruben's place. Let's gas up the car. Well, again, this is somewhere <laughs> in Southern California. We cannot tell you where. Yeah. Get back in the rental car. Let's do it. All right. We're off. <laughs> Ruben Paul. Were you recording all this? No, no, no. Oh, I mean, okay. it was, but it's good. Don't, no. No is the answer. Okay. Uh, we're out of the park. We had to record uh, We record our intro in a park down the street. What? Now we're in Ruben's I had to apartment. pick up some soccer tips because I'm a soccer coach to my kids. So we, oh. we went to a park to do a little multitasking. He almost got arrested. Almost got arrested. You can't just kids. watch kids play soccer. Yeah, that's creepy. Not I was taking days. video. I'm like, I'm stealing this drill. Dude, it's a good drill. Let me tell you, I went to, I love baseball. I'm, you know, as as we were talking before we started recording, I'm a huge sports fan. Yeah, you went to the World Series? So sometimes between auditions, yeah, I went to the World Series last night, which is awesome and considered one of the greatest World Series games of all time. Even Don't give lost. away when we're recording this. You went to the yeah. World yeah. Series two weeks won the World ago. Series. Yes, World I, I went to the World Series. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I love sports so much, like sometimes between auditions, if I had like time to kill, yeah. One time I was driving by this park and it was a little league going on. So I just parked my car and went and watched the little league game. <laughs> oh boy. And I'm sitting there in the stands. And first of all, I'm the only black guy in the stands at this white little league baseball game. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me like, which kid is yours? And then realize I go, oh, I look like a black pedophile sitting <laughs> yeah. in, this, in these stands watching these <laughs> these kids. And all the parents were like, so which one is yours? <laughs> Do they I don't know. One of the white ones. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one I want. <laughs> You're about to find out which one's mine. I never, But I never thought twice about it. I just remember playing Little League and you know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, hey, a Little League game. Let me stop. Yeah. I have an Wholesome. hour to kill. Yeah. 
see how they're doing. Yeah. And I did your show uh, the other night, Ruby Tuesdays, which is a killer show at the oh, Laugh thank Factory. You, man. Anyone yeah. who's in LA, if you get to LA, go to it every Tuesday, right? At the Laugh Factory. It's every Tuesday night at the Laugh Factory. Ruby Packed Tuesday, out. spelled R U B E E, is a play on my name. And of course, the popular uh, eatery. Eatery and Beatles song, right? No, no, no. Didn't the Beatles Goodbye, have a song? Goodbye, Ruby, Ruby Tuesday. That's the Beatles? Yeah. All shout outs to my daughter, Ruby Tuesday. So. Oh, yeah. His daughter's name is Ruby. <laughs> oh, your daughter's name is so. Ruby. That's cool. So, we yeah. We went by in New York the other day. Yeah, and I went, uh, we were somewhere. We went by, a ra- they had a Ruby Tuesdays. Oh, like near Times Square. Yes. And she looks at it and she goes, Named after Ruben's show? Uh, <laughs> she's so Chinese. She goes, they stole his idea. She's she so goes, it's Chinese. It's a world-famous Times Square restaurant. Let's go there to experience it. She's literally like, they named it after Ruben? I wish. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> Sue them. Yeah. No, but the show's, been, uh, the show's been going on for a little over two months. and um, Dude, it's killer. Yeah, it's been great, man. I've been, I've been fortunate enough because I've uh, been able to call on a lot of friends to come do the show and just show up and then we have great pop-ins i mean you know obviously you know my relationship with like george lopez came to do it i ran into arsenio he asked to do the show dio hughley's done the show bill burr an old friend has done the show russell peter's done the show multiple times we had tony rock on 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 your show tony rock is fantastic uh Uh, kaplan came hung out i was the show yeah booby gibson was there (laughs) yeah booby gibson was there former nba player player was there and harlan williams from uh half baked and uh yeah that stuff dumb and dumber and and all that stuff he was he was there and i've had cheryl underwood i mean i've had a little a lot of big names of people just coming to support i just uh Got a text message from Mark Curry wanting to do the show. Right. Oh, we talked about him two yeah. episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he was one of the he was yeah, one of the guys. The yeah, he was one of the guys that I looked up to when I first before I even started doing comedy. So, you know, for somebody like that to reach out and go, yeah, man, just hit me up. I want to I want to do the show. So, That's awesome. Yeah, it's been great, man. And the thing is, you know, me and you have talked about this in private. Is when you do a show like this. Um, you know, you want it. To, you want to make it about the event, the night, and not necessarily who's going to be there, because yes. that's to how to make you, it sustainable. Yeah, that's when it's sustainable. And the good thing is, like you know, even Dion Cole uh, yeah. from Blackish dropped in a couple of weeks ago, and uh, when I worked on the Def Jam thing, he was like, "Yo, I want to come back and do the show." So it's it's really it's been a really cool thing, and and to have uh, an idea and to see it come together. Um, yeah. Like it has is has been great, man, and and the support that I've gotten not only from the comedy community but even the fans that have come out and uh, you know with my show I promote diversity. That's that's what really I think sets my show apart from most shows. Totally is the diverse lineups and the audiences are you know they're they're with it and they like it and there's something for somebody. Yeah, exactly. For everybody, it's like all different say. types of people, all different types of acts. Yes. And every, like you see a different point of view every single comic. Yeah, and that know? to me that's important because sometimes, like like I've said even in, in promos and other interviews that I've done is, you know, comedy is very segregated and not people, most people don't know that. You know, you kind of just pay money and go see a comedy show, but, you know, uh, you have black nights and Latino nights and gay nights and women nights and alternative nights. And you have all these nights which are great and which are needed because all these different groups need exposure. Yeah. But I really wanted to do a night because I work all these shows. I just wanted to do a night where I got the best of everybody from all these different shows that I do and put them on one show. 
Yeah, and the other thing and that's, is that's you know what you're proving with that is that it works. Be- also, because everyone it's funny. Yes. Ultimately, it needs to be funny. Yes. You can't just have like funny oh, this is, is funny, all our ten- our alternative night. Oh yeah, everyone sucks, but they're alternative. Yeah. So go check it out. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and the night that I, that you you were on, you were the Asian comic. Is I was. Yeah. Asian <laughs> you were the Asian comic. Night. Well, it's funny is when you start the Chinese. My boy looks at me and goes. I thought he was white. <laughs> <laughs> you just spent like five minutes introducing my whole backstory. Yeah, I did his whole backstory. And then I, I tell the audience, this is the whitest guy I've ever met in my life, which you are. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're top five, one of the whitest <laughs> white guys I've ever met. You're easily top five. I mean, I survive on mostly I mean, pork. Cap. Cap is, you know, top five Jewish. we're going to go get soul food after this. Yeah, that's, yeah, how, yeah. that's how, that's how black compared to, me. compared to you, <laughs> yeah. me and Cap are going to go get soul food after this. But, you know, uh, but yeah, it was funny. And then you come up and then you start speaking Chinese and I'm like, you yeah, know, he really is white. He's from, <laughs> he's from Sacramento. Here. Yeah. Well, every once in a while, because I do that, like, well, I wasn't going to do it, but you introduced me that way. So I'm like, I might as well say, you know, and then I figured at least someone, this is LA, at least someone would understand me. No. no. Zero people. Zero people. In New York, there was at least serious. a few who were like, whoa, he really is. Like, yeah. I know what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was fucking nobody. <laughs> they were like, uh, what is he doing? <laughs> that was a blast. And you're from here. Born and raised wow. from LA, which doesn't happen which very rare. often. Yeah. yeah, in comedy, I don't know. People come from everywhere to yeah. LA to do comedy, but your family is from Haiti. Yes, which is, that's what I wanted to talk about because we've had people on who it's like Haitian American, but like in New York, Haitian, like everyone's Haitian. Like, oh yeah, in LA, n- nobody's Haitian. It's like yeah. the the Paul. How end up here? It's like I always I always say this. Like, I went to Montreal, which is kind of like. In, in terms of, they have a huge Haitian community in Montreal because okay. the, the national language is French. French. Yeah. And um, when I meet Haitians like from New York, it's the same thing. It's like, yo, my whole building was like all Haitians. And this, I never had that growing up. Like my family, we, I was isolated in, in that aspect, you know, and it's tough to grow up in an environment where you're the only one in your kind. Like, you know, you being Jewish, you know, like there's Jewish communities where, you have events you can go to, and, and it's like that for Haitians, like Will Sylvans. No. You know, he grew up around a ton of Haitians. and yeah, he all grew these up in a whole Haitian neighborhood or whatever, you know? I yeah. don't know if he did, but And then he you had, have the food. So yeah, and then, and then a lot of times, and he could attest to this, is like when you're in your own community, it's easier to navigate. Like when my father, when I, when I finally went to college and my father moved immediately, I was hurt. I didn't understand. I was like, wow, why does he want to go back to my? Why does why does he want to live in Miami? Like, what's this? Oh, your dad moved to Miami. My, my parents moved to Miami when I graduated high school. Oh, okay. And I couldn't understand like why they wanted to leave California. And then as I've gotten older, I realized that it was hard on my dad. Like he didn't speak the language very well. Yeah. You know, there was no community there for him, so he was t- totally in a very foreign environment. Where if he'd have went to Miami. He would have never had to learn English. He can go to the store. Yeah. He can go to the mall, and there'll be somebody there that can speak his language. There's a neighborhood called Little Haiti, it which is not only it's like a big, it's like a whole town. That's where my parents moved. Did they move there? They yeah, moved yeah. to Little Haiti. So, it's one of those things where, you know, some of the things that that I took for granted. Uh, I remember years ago going to uh, to New York with a, an Italian friend of mine, and his mom lived in the Bronx in an Italian neighborhood. She didn't speak English. I go, man, how long has your your family been here? He was like, mm, 40 plus years. Yeah. <laughs> and you know she what? doesn't have to learn English because 
Everywhere she goes, there's somebody who speaks Italian at the bank. Yeah. All the stores she goes to, they speak Italian. You know what I mean? So I get it. I mean, like when I lived in China, the first year you get there and you have all the best intentions. Like I want to live around only Chinese people. I want to yeah. learn kung fu. Yeah, whatever. You know? <laughs> wow, that sounded racist. <laughs> I want to do. No, it's real. Best intentions. <laughs> I know. I want to come. I want to learn kung fu and eat kung pao chicken Chopsticks, all day. Baby, yeah. all damn thing. Yeah, and then you experience. do that for a year. I can say because I. Lived it. I literally did do that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't learn kung fu. You, yeah. Where's this kung fu actually? Cat, <laughs> where's the kung fu? Yeah. Cat, protect yeah, us. Don't LA. test me. It's coming out. We're gonna go to some areas in LA and see if we can break it out. Of. Hey, this is my friend Turner from China. <laughs> He's oh, he must us. know kung fu. Oh, my belt. My belt. <laughs> no pun. Uh, so you get there. And then you do that, like six to eight months of doing that, of yeah. like, I'm only going to be around. And then at some point you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then it all falls apart. And yeah. then you meet like some guy from England, another guy from America, a guy from Ireland or whatever. And then you find like a, a bar where like the foreign people hang out. Mm -hmm. And then two, like three years later, you realize like yeah. you're not around any Chinese people anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Watching, uh, just in your football own. and. Because uh, here's the most, yeah. most people, you just. Uh, I mean, we learned this from when we were kids, and I, I say it in my act. I mean, most people just want to feel, you just want to feel comfortable. You totally. just You just want to fit in. And it's when, but that's a good thing sometimes about being outside of your comfort zone because it educates you more. So, you know, as you get older. But when I was a kid, man, you just want to fit in with the rest of the kids. And when there's no reference, when none of the kids eat the same type of foods you eat, when you're going to school and everybody pulls out their, you know, their lunch, you know, there's not, <laughs> there's no other kid eating fried bananas, <laughs> you know, at lunch. Did it's you guys really have fried bananas? Oh yeah, peanut butter. You know, everybody I'll else pack is eating that peanut butter on Monday. Yeah, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, bologna sandwiches, and here I am, you know, with Haitian food. Now, of course, my mom was sensitive to that, so then she started you know, making American type, you know, like regular sandwiches and yeah. chips and your juice box and your apple. So I'd have the all American meal, but I had to grow and develop to that. You know what and I mean? And were kids like mean or were they interested or like both? I, I grew up in an all black community in the hood. They were, <laughs> they, they tortured me. Really? Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> Which neighborhood? Uh, <laughs> I grew up, I grew up right on the border of Carson and Compton. And, okay. But see, if I say Compton Carson, Jason. Yeah, but if I if, like literally when I say Carson, I'm like man, you ain't from the hood, and I'm like really. The only difference between Compton and Carson is we, you know, we have an IKEA. <laughs> so, okay, and now a soccer stadium, right? Yeah, yeah. But so people don't, people don't look at Carson as hood, but growing up, you got to understand the community I grew up in <clears throat> before, you know, the, something called white flight took place. So there used to, like, ideally, Carson used to be Compton. And then they separated the cities, like in the '70s, where they made it. Uh, is it either the late '60s or the '70s where they became two separate cities? So what happened? Carson became a city that if you, if you're a, uh, an African American living in Los Angeles and you wanted a and you had a good job or whatever, Carson would be the neighborhood. You'd move to. So it was like a marketing thing almost. To, so it, it wasn't called Compton because Compton had a bad reputation. No, no, I. I I, I wouldn't say that was the the issue. I just think, um, for whatever reason, uh, during that time, I, I, I wasn't born then, but during that time when, I mean, I'm sure you had the Watts riots and all those things that pre preceded a lot of this. Yeah. For whatever reason, they became two cities. I don't know the okay. reason why, yeah. 
But I just know um, from what my friend's parents told me, they was like, yo, we grew up, we, we, we lived in Watts. And then, you know, then my husband got a job working for blah, blah, blah. And I was a school teacher. So we wanted to get out of this community. So they... Carson was a, an affluent, considered an affluent black community. Got it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Which is affluent for us was lower middle class. Right. Okay. So Carson was a lower middle class, and that's where. So when you drive to my neighborhood, like if you're from Brooklyn or if you're from the Bronx, if you you know if you're from the projects, and you go, this is the hood. Like it's two story homes and. I see. You know, it looks whole, different. Looks it like. looks different. You know, our our hoods look different anyway. Because even if I took you to South Central, some of the h- hardest parts. If I brought, uh, you know, black comedians from New York do these jokes all the time, man, first time I went to L.A., I'm like, you guys gangbang and you have a front yard? Like, you have grass. Okay, yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? So no, it's when just... When I lived here, I noticed that. You'd be driving, and uh-huh. then you wouldn't even know. You're like, all of a sudden, like, you're in a neighborhood, and you're like, oh, my mind tells me this is, a, you know, like... I've heard this. Yeah, you say comfortable. Every, but, yeah. but, you, but it looks nice on the surface. Like you're like, oh, that's every yeah. East Coast yeah. person that I know, yeah. white, black, yeah. other that comes to California, and I take them to the hood. They go, wait a minute. They this is where people do drive-bys. Yeah, they want to see like but drive-bys. You still, <laughs> yeah. You say that it's like at night. It like go during the day versus going at night is like. Yeah. Two well, night is a whole different experience. It's like Valencia, Spain. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole different experience. But they always tell you. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm sure this is a just an American type thing, but definitely in California. Like if you're looking for a new apartment or if you're house hunting, they always tell you go to the area at night when people are home because everything looks peaceful during the day. Yeah, because most people are at work or doing whatever. But if you really want to see what a neighborhood is like, go around six or seven o'clock. Yeah, and you'll get a real good idea of the type of neighborhood you're moving into. That's a very LA. So I remember when I looked at apartments here. And we were in an area, and the broker was like, it was like Culver City, yes, I think. And it's is, like, but these yeah. areas, they blend. You don't know if you're, and he's trying to sell it. Yeah. And he's like, this is a nice area. He's like, you know, if you, you and your woman get in a fight, yeah. and she needs to blow off steam and just walks out, you could feel okay. Like, she will, she'll be okay in this neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, this is something I, I didn't have a girlfriend you're at the like time. You were like 23? I was like 22. <laughs> I had no girlfriend, but like, this was like a weird thought in my head. I was like, I don't know. Babe, why did you <laughs> choose this place? Well, if me and you got into an argument, you can go outside and not get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to bring the weight whistle. I don't know what the hell he meant. But I mean, I hate you. Mean, I hate you right now, I but I don't want you to get, get killed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need Turner's Kung Fu to protect you. Turner can move anywhere because <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. he knows yeah, Kung go, Fu. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't ban these, man. Yeah. <laughs> can't ban these hands, man. And so what, did you? were you going to any... Um, like mix, there was no such thing as like a Haitian mixer, like a kids growing nothing, up together. Nothing, nothing. That's why it's become a real calling card for my comedy because I realized what a unique. Well, it's not. Well, it's unique to it me. It is unique, man. But it's the fish out of water story. I think is a universal story for anybody. Like people can relate to, at on some level, feeling like you're an outcast or you just don't fit in. So I never quite felt like. I totally fit in. Like, I had great friends and everything, but culturally it was just so different. Like, you know, I, I played I played sports growing up, and, you know, football, basketball, and baseball is not a big sport in Haiti. So my parents never went to any of my games. So as a kid, like, you see all the other parents participating, and everyone kind of felt sorry for me in a way. Like, wow, uh, you know, like I was came from some, you know, divorced single yeah. parent. You know what I mean? Like the stereotype is in our community. But 
Like, nah, I got a mom and dad at home. They just don't understand this sport, and they have no interest in coming to Washington. Plus, my parents were missionaries, so they had different ideas of what entertainment was. Like, my parents didn't watch TV. They didn't go to movies. What did they do? What was their entertainment? Church. You know, yeah, they yeah. were. I grew up in a really religious home, so it was for my parents. It was just work, feed the poor, raise kids, and go to church. That's pretty good. You so know what, what I mean? Was, so that 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 was their thing. So for just, me, growing up, like the fact that I'm a comedian is amazing because <laughs> I, I wasn't even allowed to go to the movies until I was until you know we just had a conversation with. It was a religious thing and just a cultural thing because my parents. I don't know. If my parents have never, my, you know, they passed, but my parents never been went to a movie before. They never paid by ticket and oh sat gosh. in a movie theater and Is watched that a, a movie. Thing or a missionary thing? It's a cultural thing. I, th- I think, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I'm sure religion, you know, served that, which which had more of an effect on my brother and sister than it did on me because I'm I'm ten, I'm ten years. There's a ten year gap between my brother and sister to me. Okay. So by the time my parents got to me, they were exhausted. Like a lot of the traditions. Oh, they're that, ten years older. Yes. Yeah. My brother and sister are ten years older than me. Ten, eleven years older than me. So by the time I was born, like my sister's, like you have no idea how good you have it. Like okay. we we weren't allowed to do this. We weren't allowed to do that. When and I think, you know, as they got older, my parents figured out the mistakes they made with my brother and sister in America. They they were a little bit more lax with me and allowed me to do things. Like, Cap, if you have a kid, like, eight years from now, you're yeah. going to be, like, the most hands-off parent of all time. Uh, I think right? I'm not already. Yeah. <laughs> we had you're already, already pretty, teaching, pretty me, uh, teaching me the Haitian ways of how to, yeah. how to be tougher with it. No movies. I'm going to ban the movies. That's a good yeah. new, yeah, that's a Dude, new one. I couldn't. So it was weird. So you, you take not being able to do the same things, not being able to listen to the same music, not being able, not eating the same food. So it was, you know, I was the weird... Weird kid. Say, My so house was the weird house. When kids know? are talking about movies in school, you just don't know what they're talking about. They're talking about music. No, but I, you know, a lot of it I got, I learned from my friends because when you go outside, once once you're outside of your parents' jurisdiction, you know, they like can't if I'm like, everything. yeah, they can't control everything. So I, I would go and my friends like, yo, you've never heard this song, and then yeah. I would listen to the song. Like you know, we'd I'd have movie nights at my friend's house where we used to watch. Everything from Sylvester Stallone movies to Arnold Schwarzenegger movies yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Now, I don't want to make it seem like my parents had never evolved. They did evolve. Like they got cable, but my parents didn't watch it. They got it for everything was for the kids. Nice. Oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? So they got H. We, I mean, you know, we we got cable and oh, I don't these even different think we things. Got cable. You know, so I was but, able to. But my parents, I I was able to watch football games and baseball. But my my dad never sat down with me and watched a game with me. That's this is why it's good that you should continue to keep going to little league games, even if you don't. <laughs> some kid there, might parents aren't coming, and they yeah, can point exactly. at you and be like, Absolutely. "That's my dad. That's my <laughs> dad right there. That's my black dad." Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a game with a black kid. <laughs> <laughs> this kid, yeah, this could be like a Swedish kid. Yeah, yeah his parents like, are like, "We don't like sports." Yeah, <laughs> you never know. It was weird, and it was it was hard at first. But then my parents kind of explained it to me because it's like they never came my game, and even the coaches and stuff. They're like they're wondering, like, where are your parents? Like, but again, my parents would pick me up from practice. Their reasoning then, was just they weren't interested, or they didn't it, think that wasn't think something you had to do. It to wasn't important. Let me tell you, man. When you come from Haiti and you grew up in the poverty my parents grew up in, like going to a baseball game is like 
for them, and maybe like like we're trying to figure out now. I mean, I wish I could have the conversation with them now, but um, I think the combination of of religion and then just coming from just pure poverty. You know, they didn't grow up. My parents didn't grow up with a TV. So it wasn't you know, like a top of the list of priorities. It wasn't a top of priority. Excessive luxury that like you don't even yeah. think about yeah, it. It's not important. So yeah. to them, like sports is just a hobby to me. Like they didn't. My parents didn't realize how important sports were until I started getting scholarship offers. Then yeah. they're like, wait, wait, they're going to give you money. <laughs> You're good enough to for people to give you money where we don't have to pay for school. So that was that was like their first. When I had, co- you know, Marvin Lewis, the coach of uh, the, when he came to do a home, that he recruited me out of high school. Marvin you, where, Lewis is the Bengals, is the Bengals coach. He's already coached coach then because he was coaching. He was he he, he coached at the university. When he recruited me, he was at he was either at Pitt. No, he was at the University of New Mexico because oh. then he went to Pitt afterwards. So we did the whole home visit thing. How was that? So a football, a college football coach comes into your home and talks to your parents and tells them about like why you're good enough at this sport of football to get go to college for free. And you know, here with my parents, and this this <laughs> I can't wow, wait. you just fucking brought brought back a memory to me, and I'll never forget it. I, well, it's three things I remember. I never heard my mom, like my mom is my mom. She's married to my dad, and I never heard her ever talk about somebody being handsome. <laughs> but she said that about Marvin Lewis. She's oh. like, he's a really handsome man. And I just remember thinking, wow, that's the strangest thing I've ever heard come <laughs> out of my mother's mouth because she was just so asexual to me. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second and third thing that I remember was she goes, they're going to pay for your school? And I go, yeah. And she goes, that's good. <laughs> and I go, yeah. But the flip thing, I remember them telling me like, we don't care if you go to college or not, as long as you're able to take care of yourself. So that's oh, okay. a really third world immigrant mentality. At that time, like my parents, my parents never really stressed education. That they were just like, "Don't get bad grades." Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, but it wasn't like it's you funny. need to go to college. You need to do this. That's like the stereotype of immigrants. Is that though? Like, go it's to college, comp- get it, become a doctor. Blah, 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 well, blah. a great stat that I just heard. I, I think like ninety percent. I'm, I could be exaggerating. So whoever's listening to this, don't fucking no, that's call the whole point Turner. Of podcast, yeah, we is to make up lies. We just yeah, say things. Be confident. So, yeah. so <laughs> like 90 percent of the the black people that go to Harvard are yeah. like Haitian. Wow. Because there's a huge Haitian community in, and in, in Boston. <laughs> Malia Trump. I mean, you know? Malia, Malia <laughs> Obama. <laughs> yeah. so, it's, so that in itself, I was like, wow. But yeah, but now I think, you know, when immigrants come to the country, this country, they come for education. Yes. You know, I know a bunch of Africans. You know, they they leave Africa to come here to study. I mean, the Chinese, Chinese do that. They come here to study. In but mm. at that time, like, my parents were very simple people you know what i mean so Were my they... mom was like they just didn't want to pay for me as an adult <laughs> that yeah, was their i see so whatever you have to do for us not to pay we're all on Sounds board good. for that were they poor in haiti oh yeah okay well they weren't like wealthy Haitians oh who no, came no, no, to no 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 not at all and no, how they, they choose los angeles is that um so? well uh the missionaries that brought my oh, parents to this country right. okay um and that's who my sister is named after one of the missionaries oh cool so uh, both my parents were orphans, so I didn't have grandparents or anything growing up. So one thing that lends to the diversity in my comedy and just in my way of life is those missionaries that brought my parents over 
kind of became my surrogate grandparents because like we didn't know anything about my parents didn't know anything about holidays and Thanksgiving and yeah. all that stuff. So we would go over to the Poolers' house, and those were the missionaries, and they lived in Upland, which is a a suburb of a city out probably. 40 minutes outside of Los Angeles. It was this all-white neighborhood, but that's what we would do. We would go, this black family would go to, the, you know, this family of immigrants would go to these missionaries' houses and we would celebrate. And then my parents, you know, caught on to the American tradition, so we would have Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, but not how other people did. Like, even when I started dating... Oh, yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> it was, <laughs> like, when I started dating, one, one girlfriend in particular who we dated, she was, like, my high school sweetheart... Um, that's like the first time, like I was like, just saw like a real family, uh, like a, what I would, what most probably people considered a normal family, like unit. American like, family. Yeah, like they, like on holidays they had all these relatives that would come over, and like man, you got cousins and grandparents, yeah. and they would all sit down and have you know where we were just it was just my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister, and then the occasional immigrant that would come and live with us when they were trying to transition into the U.S. Okay. Like, our house literally became a halfway house, mm-hmm. you know, for immigrants. So whether my, my parents had friends in, you know, in Mexico or in Colombia or whatever foreign country, and when they would come to the U.S., they would live at our place for a little while before they got on their feet and they would move somewhere else. That's why I don't do this joke anymore. But my friends would be like, yo, man, uh, who, what, are them all, what are all those Mexicans doing at your house? Okay. What are all those? Because it was so strange because we had different families living with us at any given time. So that's wow. how I grew And they were all affiliated with the church. Was all affiliated? Yeah. They are all affiliated with the church. So they would come and live with us. I remember literally coming home from school and there was a Mexican kid that was fucking in my bed when I came home from school. No oh, warning, no anything. And I'm like, Mom, who's that? <laughs> who's in my bed? He's like, oh, and these are my, oh, that's your brother. I'm like, my brother? This motherfucker just got here. What do you, what do you mean he's my brother? No. You know what I mean? And the kid shit under my bed. No. Like, and really? I'm like, how small do you have to be to shit under a bunk bed? Not He didn't shit... There's the top level of the bunk bed. What do you mean he shit under the you bed? Cra- yeah, how do you get to, under there? I have. I just remember looking for a toy and seeing a pile of, pile of human shit <laughs> under <laughs> my bed, and that's a mom. <laughs> that's how you heard mom. The brothers got to go. <laughs> yeah. the, brothers gotta get the fuck out yeah. of here. <laughs> Time for brother to do go. Don't, home. Tell, don't tell Trump that story. Yeah, that's why we don't want them in there. Yeah. They're shitting under our beds. <laughs> <laughs> Shitting under hardworking Americans. You just gave me a new joke, Cap. Oh, yeah. I'll be doing that tomorrow. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! What a great that. Oh my god, that's yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, that's funny. Yeah, that's why we don't want them here. They're shitting under our beds. <laughs> oh my god, that's you let funny. In, shit, <laughs> shit under, under your beds. beds. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Or just and, don't have bunk beds. So, so that was kind of, and that's why when when I tell. And there's this other weird thing, and Russell Russell Peters, I have to say his last name, so you guys won't go Russell who. But that's the one thing that he laughs at me about, because when I see Haitians, I get way excited. Like, yeah. too excited. Where, like, I'll be in New York, and Russell, and then uh, Russell's like, yeah, this dude's... I'm like, dude, you're Haitian? Yeah. And he's like... Do the handshake. Yeah. Wait, like, can I relate <laughs> this to something? Yeah. And this is and, so... And they're like... Yeah, I'm Haitian, dude. And I go, dude, I'm sorry. I'm from L.A. I didn't grow up around any Haitians and this and that. And they were like, 
Oh, okay. Dude, this happened. This used to happen to me. When I was uh, first got out to China, the uh-huh. town I was in, in Suzhou, at that time, 2004, there was no like foreigners out there. It was all Chinese people, right? Okay, yeah. And except I worked for like seven or eight like American, whatever, Canadian people. Beyond our group, there was nobody. So you would be at like the supermarket, mm-hmm. and you would see some other guy down the two aisles away, and you'd run over to him and be like, yo, what are you doing? Where are you from? Why are you here? What's going on? And he'd be like, oh, cool. Nice to meet you, too. Yeah. And then I remember going into Shanghai, uh-huh. where there was like 100,000 foreign people, and yeah. doing that. Uh-huh. Like, whoa, what are you doing here? And people look at you like, what the fuck? Why? Why are you talking yeah, to me? Yeah, I've been, li- I've, dude, I've been <laughs> I don't here. know you. Get away. I'm, I'm trying to leave. I've been here for <laughs> <laughs> some milk. And I'm like, is that cool that we're both from the same country? Uh, yeah. Russell introduced me to a Haitian boxer. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. And it, which even made it worse, we we're in Montreal. We're damn near every black person in Montreal is Haitian. Okay. And Russell's like, hey, uh, so my buddy Ruben, he's Haitian. And the dude was like, he That's just kind of he just kind of yeah. nodded his like, head, oh, yeah. and I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I'm Haitian." Yeah, be excited. I know it's yeah. the worst feeling. <laughs> so, when you, you're dude, it's it's, not. it's humiliating. You feel like an idiot. And then when yeah. you explain it to them, they're like, "Oh, okay." But the funniest shit ever is uh, how we came, to, how me and Russell came to understand this. Russell was so excited to introduce me. That we're in Vegas. Russell was so excited to introduce, and this is two separate boxers. It was, uh, and I don't want to knock this guy. He's actually about to fight um, Deontay Walder. I think his name is, his last name is Stavern. Okay. So Russell goes, I guess he's talking to Stavern. He's like, yo, you got to meet my buddy Ruben, man. He's Haitian. <laughs> so I came up to him like, yo, man, I'm Haitian. He was like, Great. okay, nice to meet you, man. <laughs> and then he walks away and, then go, and Russell goes, how come no Haitians are ever excited to meet you? Because <laughs> they all know other Haitians. They all know other Haitians, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like, I'm the one who grew up with without any Haitians. So that has kind of, as you know, has led into, you know, has really it's, informed my comedy and fueled my comedy now. Totally. And, and has opened up, you know, lots of doors for me. Because when I first started doing comedy, a lot of it was observational type stuff, which was great. And... I was able to make a living doing it and get TV spots, et cetera, et cetera. But to be able to tell your your story and to be able to, you know, it, it really makes you different because, you know, my story is is my story. You totally. know what I mean? There's no other Haitian community. No, and even Haitian other Haitian comedians don't have your story. Exactly. Because you have the story of, like, no one but, ex- yeah. knew what I was. So when people talk about Will Sylvans, who I love, I'm like, yeah, you know, there's different types of Haitian comedians now. Totally. You know what I mean? Two different so things. Two, two totally different things. things. We can be on the same yeah. show together and everything will be fine because his Haitian experience is way different than my I've Haitian experience. I've seen both of you guys a bunch. I don't think it overlaps at all. At all. At all. Because my experience, even when I went to, I did a show. I remember doing, first time I did a show in Florida when I started doing the Haitian stuff. And first of all, I mean, not saying this in a bragging way, like, I mean, I'd pretty much do well everywhere I go. I've never, but, yeah, I've never but, seen you not do well. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but, but, I can back that up. <laughs> but in Miami, dude, oh, like it's almost like they wanted like like I just kicked the game winning field goal and they're carrying me off on their shoulders. <laughs> That's your home home court. Yeah, yeah, because there's Haitians there. People understand the Haitian culture there, but the right. fact that I'm a fish out of water, like there, it just. Holy shit! Both like, angles, like yes, yeah, it's, it's a whole different angle for them. Like, I, I was destroying so hard, and Russell goes, "I told you, dude!" Like it was, it was insane because 
they've like probably seen a bunch of Haitian comedians, but they never saw one who was basically a pariah in their own community. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think ultimately it was better for you to grow up this way, or would you rather oh, have been around? Nah, it was much better than me because it's going to make me a multimillionaire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know what I mean? So it was... It's better this way, but going through it, man, I would have switched places in a heartbeat really? because yeah. it, it was it wasn't fun. To be, let me tell you, and you know, I say this on stage: to be embarrassed of who you are is a tough way to grow up. So you were actually embarrassed. I was I was embarrassed to be Haitian. Man, that's a bummer. You know, and like most kids, just worry about if your parents have a raggedy car or something. It's like, hey, mom, don't drop me off in front of the school, <laughs> or don't don't kiss me on my mouth in front of my friends. It's yeah. like I didn't want people to know I was Haitian. You know what I mean? So to start doing comedy, like I have friends who've known me for 15 years and probably haven't seen me perform in a while, and they go, dude, I've, I, I had no idea you were Haitian. Oh, really? Because I never talked about it when I first started if doing If you don't talk about it, it's not apparent. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't know. Exactly. You know, and that's why I have material that fuels that also, is the fact that, you know, so like I'm some undercover agent, uh, <laughs> you know, but I was, I just didn't want people to know. Like when, when people, when girls used to call my house or even friends used to call my house, you know, when landlines were around, yeah. <laughs> um, I would dive to answer the phone because I didn't want th- I didn't the want accent? them to hear really? my parents' accent. So you make up like, a story with the girls where you're. Oh from my god, dude! <laughs> dude, I remember being on the phone. You know, when you're a kid, like you, you stay on the phone late after your parents tell you to go to bed, and then I would my father would be like, Ben. <laughs> you, I told you go sleep to a, uh, uh, and you'd then pick up the phone. Yeah, he'd pick uh, up the phone uh, and fucking no. be yelling at me on the phone, and then it'd hang <laughs> oh, up, and there's this dead silence, and then you just you just hear you like, dude, it would be dead silence, Cap, and all you hear is like, who is that? <laughs> oh no, I'm let's cancel that movie tomorrow. Uh, oh my, <laughs> yeah, I have plans, <laughs> dude. To hear a chick go, who was that? Oh. And then you go, um. That was my dad. Why do your parents talk so funny? Oh, What's wrong no. with your parents? Why do your parents talk like that? Oh, no. So all these explanations, man, just builds this shame over the years, man. Even it's just, It was one of those things, man, where um, now at this moment I'm thoroughly grateful and I'm embarrassed that I used to be embarrassed. When was and I, I wish I could apologize to my parents. Um, like, I think the, the switch came with me more when I started working with Russell because he was really, because, you know, he's so huge globally. And he was just like, why don't you talk about being Haitian? Yeah. So that and was not that long ago, 10 years ago or something? Or yeah, less? probably. I started talking about being Haitian probably in the last six or seven years. Wow. Probably you know, right when I met you. Yeah. Close to that time, like right before that time. So yeah. maybe it could be 10. Um and it's it's just made a huge difference in everything that I've done. And like I said, I'm I'm embarrassed now that I used to be so embarrassed about it. But I just didn't know any better. I'm just a kid trying to survive and, yeah. and try to have friends and just. Tr- I mean, it's trying bad enough being get, a kid yeah, trying to fit do it in all the time. Yeah. They try to fit in. I mean. My son, he just told me he wants to get a haircut because some girls in, in kindergarten ma- told him he looks like a girl. This is in New York City. So really? Like, really? Where he looks like a girl's hair's too long. Yeah. And uh, so he wants to get a haircut now. And I'm like, it, you know, I'm like, you're trying to be a rock star, man. Don't listen to them. But yeah. <laughs> and see, I didn't have a, 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 I didn't have the type of parents that would talk me out of that because they didn't know any better themselves. Because yeah. they were trying to trying to fit in. So for me, it was just, I, I'm, I, dude, I'm, I'm just. For everything to be foreign to you and you're living and you're born in a country and 
quote unquote, you wouldn't know I was Haitian unless I told you. So imagine, you know, going over your friend's house, like, come, boy, come over here and get some of these black eyed peas. Yeah. You're like, black eyed what? Oh, no. You know, boy, uh, well, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like. And they're like, what, you don't yeah, know what that is? Yeah, like, you know, whatever. Boy, you ain't never had no peach cobbler before? Like, what's peach Boy, you be, make him a plate of peach, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so I always tell people, I'm Haitian, but I feel like I had an African American upbringing because I totally assimilated to your friends and yeah. to my friends, man. Yeah, and I learned everything from them, and that's why even now, even if you take culture and everything out, if you don't raise your kids, somebody else will. <laughs> Whether it's their your friends or Chaplain. you know, all right, hey. <laughs> raise your kids, Chaplain. Cap, right. raise your kids, brother. Raise them. I'm gonna get peach cobbler and get them Haitian. Uh, <laughs> 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 Long Island City. Give them to Wilson. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He don't know nothing about no peach goblet. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> That's not a Haitian dessert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's weird. And then, okay. That's like amazing. So, another thing I want to talk about, just briefly, because I did mention it earlier, is when we first met, that was in Hong Kong. Yes, we met in Hong Kong. Yeah. And then we went straight to Macau. Oh, man. Oh, yeah! Oh, we set a record, a set of rule that it still exists at the MGM Hotel in Macau today that you're not allowed to give free alcohol to the comedians. What did you guys do? Uh, what? what happened? Man, what was the- Dude, we, it's their fault. They, it was open bar, uh, and we went on the tequila, I think. Yeah, did man. Did you trash we, the place? You're throwing TVs no, out of rooms? No, no, or no. no, no. It was, yeah. We can't get into specifics, but we, <laughs> yeah. we, we, had, a, we, we had a great time. But well. Oh, and we, I, one thing. Sorry, before you go ahead. That I've seen you do your material, your act about growing up in LA, growing all different neighborhoods. Yeah. With Haitian being Haitian American. I've seen you do that in China and everyone can relate to it. Yeah. Well that's the thing. It's funny because like a less experienced comic will come up to me and go, uh, so you're not gonna be able to do that LA stuff. And I go, That's I can I can do that anywhere in the world. And he's like, How? I go, because I'm talking about me. It's, it's my experiences, and I just explain everything to them. And I try to write in that way comedically now. So I write in a way where I don't have to not do my jokes just because I'm somewhere else. Totally. You yeah. know, because I never I try want... to follow that pattern, by the way. It's, it's, a, it's important, man, because you want to be able to be yourself at all times. I, I never want to have to pander or go, hey, man. They want to hear these types of jokes. Like, tonight. what's the what's the local uh, bar oh where everyone God. goes? What's a local strip club? Like, you hear comics do that. I see yeah. comics. Uh, yeah. Same. Hey, what's a good local restaurant that I can make fun of that everyone hates? Yeah. Like, and, and here's the thing: it's it's okay to to want to um, be familiar with your surroundings and maybe make reference to something, but you shouldn't do it just for the laugh. You should you you should do it for your experience. Like, you know, whenever I'm in China. One thing I always try to do, or wherever I am, not just China, I could be in Sacramento, I can be anywhere, especially if I'm not familiar with the place. I like to go out and kind of explore and then talk about it on stage from my perspective. Like, I'm not going to go to China and do I'm the only black guy in China jokes because... Everyone. If there's been a black guy in China, he's probably <laughs> done that joke. I can, I can confirm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, that you know, I just want to be as as honest and as personable and as personal as I can be on stage. Yeah. And that will is- ensure originality to a, a certain level. Totally. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about people talking about crazy Gladys because that's my actual sister. Your sister, yeah. You know crazy what I mean. Gladys. So I don't have to. You know what I mean? 
I don't hey, just to do go that. up. No one's talking about your sister. It's, you're the only one talking about your sister. Exactly. Yeah. So it's. You hope so. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there might be a comedian that she's affected their lives. I'll be talking about. I got robbed by a bitch named Gladys. <laughs> hey, man, that's Ruben's my bit. Like, Damn that's it. My, you're doing my you're material. You're doing my material. Know, you're material Please change the name. You got robbed by your sister? No, but still. <laughs> Yeah, man. And now, which is the coolest thing, you're doing, uh, you're involved with Def Jam, the new uh, Def Comedy Jam coming out. Well, right? we got it. We got to click. It's called All Def Comedy because oh, for sorry. whatever reason they can't say. But you were on Def Jam in the in the uh, in the late nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did. I was able to do Def Comedy Jam, which when I first started, which was awesome. Um, and now you're doing it. It's All Def Comedy with. Um, Tony Rock is the host, yes. and it's gonna be it's gonna debut in December. And um, I didn't perform on the show; I just uh, assisted, assisted him um, in writing and doing stuff for the show. I was the head writer on the show, which was cool. That so twenty, th- I saw the twenty fifth anniversary thing on Netflix. Yes. Have you seen that, Kaplan? It's amazing. It. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. Like, absolutely <laughs> loved it. I was showing. I was like, yeah, you got to watch this because, like, yeah, hates like. Uh, Alt comedy, I would say, is the term. But white comedy. When she's coming out to like comedy clubs with me, not every night, but she yeah. comes probably once a week. Oh. I would say, yeah, that's a good word. Like the comedy where the guy has like black black frame glasses, and every joke is like a reference to like some Deep Space Nine episode. Yeah. And if you have to be in on it to get it, and I was like, okay, just sit down and watch this. And yeah. Like these people actually care. Like it's like just people putting forth energy and effort and effort, right? Yeah. And like if a joke bombs, it's because you. You went all like there's risk, yeah. to, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in really going for a joke. There's no risk in standing there and like being like, well, I don't care about this one. I exactly. Don't care about this one. I love, I loved it, man. Yeah. Um, it, it's here's the thing, man. When Dev Jam, when Dev Comedy Jam came around, uh, there was nothing like it. It was. It and had. Martin nev- was like unbelievable. He had never. No, no one had ever seen a black comedy show before. That was new to the world. To see a show showcasing African American talent doing comedy didn't exist. So um, Dev Jam created something that was very special. Um, so years later, you know what it's morphed into now with Russell Simmons doing all deaf comedy. That's what it's called, all deaf comedy. Um, to be a part of that, anything that Russell Simmons does, and for the host to trust me to bring me in and, and, you know, for Tony to have that confidence in me um, was real cool. You know, and I've done, you know, I've done lots of cool things in, in my career and worked with some of the biggest names in comedy, but it's kind of cool to be involved in something that's going to air on HBO and when the credits roll, Boom. my name will, will be on it and not as a performer, which is bittersweet sometimes. Yeah, but, but I mean to be involved in it more heavily than just you're really involved in every episode. Exactly. The whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. Which it, which I had to look at it before because as a performer you want to perform. Sure. And it's like, yeah, I did Def Jam before. It's like, man, why am I why am I not doing all Def comedy? But you know, there's a time and a place for everything and to be honest with you, I'm I'm working that even if it was offered to me at this moment, I wouldn't have wanted to do it, you know, as a performer because I'm working on the special, and we're going to be doing the special soon. And I'm really con- um, consumed with Ruby Two's Ruby. Yeah, doing not only doing a my own special, but possibly doing a Ruby Tuesdays special 
or even a series. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So um, those are some of the things that are you know that are in the works. Just, um, there used to be the show in New York called Go- Live at Gotham or yes. Gotham Comedy Live. Yeah. Li- it went. It's gone. Oh, they got rid of it. Yeah, and there's this massive void now in live weekly comedy from a club. Yeah. You know, they had like Caroline's in the 80s, mm-hmm. Live at Caroline's, yeah. and then the Improv Comedy Hour. Yeah, and then they had uh, the Laugh Factory used to host. It was called Comic Strip Live. Comic Strip Live, but the Laugh Factory? Yeah, it was at the Laugh Factory. Yeah, Ruby Tuesday Bo- should be the next one. Yeah, before man. before I started I doing comedy. Name. That'd be amazing. Yeah, before I started doing comedy, there used to be a show called... And it used to air on Fox. Okay. And it was called, I want to say it was called Comic Strip Live. And um, they used to shoot it at the Laugh Factory. My my old uh, manager, Pat Buckles, used to, yeah. to book it. Shout out Pat Buckles, man. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, she used to book it. And that's where George Lopez and all these, you know, big name Let's comics do it. ended Let's up. Let's get it done. Yeah, so that that's the vision for... Ruby Tuesdays amongst, you know, doing more television and film and, and stuff like that. And we've only been doing the show, I said, a little over two and a half months. You know what I mean? So to get the support and wanting people, like my inbox is filled with people wanting to I'm do sure. Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And it's funny because when you're on the show, like, hey, who the fuck is that guy? I'm, I'm like, sure everyone was saying <laughs> that. <laughs> Who the fuck is Turner? I'm like, uh, he's one of my best friends and shut the fuck up. He's on my show. <laughs> That's fucking right, buddy. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's been a cool thing. So, yeah, so just uh, keep looking for, you know, future projects from me. All right, let's get to the news. Mm-hmm. Let's get to it. You got to stay around. It's your place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't go anywhere. We're, we're gonna we're place. gonna do we're gonna do it here regardless. Yeah. <laughs> we got old news wrapped up in old blues. We can't afford the call. No, we don't know where right, we're back. First news story of the week. Woman drives wrong way down expressway for 10 kilometers. and then kilometers? But then blames the GPS. Well, first thing that comes to my mind is, (laughs) I mean, the stereotype is alive and well with that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I've always told people... And I've challenged other comedians who do the hacky Asians can't drive. Well, I thought you were going to say women can't drive, but <laughs> Asians are where we're going. Well, I mean, that's a fact. <laughs> and that doesn't matter what race they are. Um, but one thing that when I came back from China that I found fascinating was I thought that they drove, I didn't see one accident. In China. Yeah, that's true. You don't see accidents. You see, and most like a fender bender, but that's it. Except the one taxi you put me in, and the dude literally was going like over a hundred miles per hour, taking me like I was one of the most terrifying rides. <laughs> Where was that? It was, uh, when was Pudong? Oh yeah, out to the airport in Shanghai. Yeah, it, w- we had just finished the shows. Uh, in Shanghai, and you put me. <laughs> I think that's like my fault. You put me in the cab. <laughs> We've had two cab experiences, <laughs> but this one was heading to the airport. I guess I couldn't remember why. I think you had to head back to Shuzhou. Andy was. MIA. Oh, it was like one hour in the opposite direction, direction where I was going. Yeah, I was going two hours the other way. Yeah, and, and uh, of course, uh, Andy's course. MIA as usual. I Andy. blame Andy. <laughs> I know Andy's not gonna listen to this. Yeah, as usual, Andy. Andy couldn't take me. Andy so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys decided 
and then Andy's uh, Andy's <laughs> really selling out Andy's Andy? solution to everything is if you have any problems, just call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, I got to be able to have the conversation with the Chinese guy to even let him know that he's going to be talking to you, and like, just hand him the phone to use his phone to call you. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, you guys ended up getting me. Yeah, you're. That's what happened. You're supposed to go into. You're going in the opposite direction. Andy had a meeting, so you guys got me a cab, and supposedly you had explained everything already. Yeah. And then I realized everything wasn't totally explained. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't die on the way there. But back to this chick who can't yeah. drive. Well, I mean, she she had there's a video of her like where she's explained to the police officer that she was just following the GPS and shows. Yeah, them. she claims it's not her fault. She was driving down the highway. Yeah, but on the wrong side. Right, and, and I'm it's like split. Can like I tell four. her? Can I tell you that I be, I believe her? Oh yeah. Anyone want to know why? <laughs> why? Because on our way over here. <laughs> I was. I lived in LA for two years. I was like a messenger. I drove everywhere. I know these streets still pretty you well. Pre internet. Pre internet. But Thomas Guides was our GPS, and I was telling you how to get here from the valley, and you were like, "I'm putting it in ways, and I'm only listening to the GPS." No, that's because two nights ago we were driving around after Ruby Tuesdays. I'm trying to get home. This guy's hammered, drunk, and we missed like 17 different turns. I was. I don't remember that because I was drunk. You were drunk. You were hammered at Ruby Tuesdays, dude. You were yeah. hammered, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's two different things. GPS. I trust GPS over a drunk guy. But in broad daylight, I knew how to get here. You were like, "I'm going with the GPS." If GPS sent you the wrong way. You would have taken it. It was way. <laughs> All right, yeah, you're right. I would have listened to her. So that's where we are as a society. All right, final news story. I don't know what we solved there. Last news, <laughs> except for Andy was wrong. Somewhere in the middle of that. Andy Curtin, shout out. Last news story of the week. British, oh, this comes from Taiwan. Oh, this is Teddy Kaplan might be interested in this. All right. His son's a big fan of Taiwan, not China. Why? No, 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 he's a big no, fan no. Of China. Don't get him in trouble Sorry. with me. Why? That's so, that's just no, so my random. brother, my. my uh, He's My son believes in the one t- uh, one China policy. Yeah, he's big one China policy. We'll have to post a video for our Chinese listeners of him <laughs> like getting angry at a at a. There's like a map. It's like an interactive map, and he presses on it. And Taiwan is a country. It's got every country, all these countries of the world, uh-huh. and it gives you facts about each country. And it gives you a fact about Taiwan. And he just looks at. It, he's like. But Taiwan, why is it saying Taiwan's like, a country? Taiwan's this? part of China. Yeah, he's like, why is this <laughs> lying? He's like, this game is lying. Because he watches old. these YouTube videos that have Taiwan <laughs> as a... Auntie Ye has indoctrinated him. Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. So your son... How, but I'm trying to figure out, what, how did he become fascinated with Well, him? he's really into geography. So if you... If listeners out there want to educate their kids, forget <laughs> school. Because the school, we know they're not teaching them anything. You go on YouTube and you can watch all sorts of videos. And they have all these different countries of the world. And they have these catchy songs. And they go really deep. Like, they'll be like a country, like there's like a Germany one. And it's like the 80, it's like every district of Germany. Or like, like count, they have a California one where it's all the counties of California. Really? And it's like in a rhyming song. So yeah, there's like a China one, and they list Taiwan as like almost as if like it's a state in China. <laughs> yeah. So he's very literal with the states. He thinks England's a state in the United Kingdom. He doesn't understand that. He yeah, thinks yeah, yeah. Taiwan is a state How of China. How old is he? He's five. Oh, that's awesome. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's going to grow up and teach, well, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say he's going to grow up and uh, teach geography, but with the name like Kaplan, he's going to do bigger things. All right. <laughs> I, like, I like the uh, reverse discrimination, whatever that is. Positive he'll, discrimination. He'll, re- he'll be representing it you was, soon. It was positive discrimination. <laughs> positive, positive stereotypes. Yeah. 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 Wish I wish we had more of. Yeah. <laughs> Last news story from uh, Taiwan. A British expat with a Taiwan face tattoo gets arrested for drunken driving. 
Repeat that. <laughs> a British expat with, with a face. Taiwan face tattoo gets arrested for drunken driving. He gets Taiwan tat. He has Taiwan tattooed on his forehead, like the Chinese characters oh for Taiwan. Goodness. Is that why he got arrested? No, these are two separate <laughs> incidents, but they all happen. They both happen within a week of each other. So a week ago, he was out drunk at a bar in Taiwan, got into an argument with someone about is Taiwan part of China oh, or not. Okay. And the guy said Taiwan is part of China, and he said no, it's not. And I'll br- I'll prove it to you. Like I'll I'm, I'll prove my allegiance to Taiwan that I'll get it tattooed on my forehead. This is a British guy. He's a so British guy. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he did get it tattooed on his forehead. And then the next morning he woke up and like post. There's all these pictures already of him on Facebook from like the tattoo oh parlor. Oh my god. And he went online. He was like, oh, I'm sorry, I was drunk. I might have like oh, I do still support Taiwan, but I've overstepped like my bounds. He says it's a, he admitted it was a rash decision. Yeah. yeah no shit. <laughs> so. Uh, so to make up for it, I'm going to get a tramp stamp of Big Ben. <laughs> My goodness. Oop. So this guy's clearly falling off the edge. Here's the thing, dude. Arrested for drunk driving. And, and, and to wrap up that last news story, I just don't. This is, I think it's more of a generational thing because it was a, a, a prison thing. And I never want to sound like the angry old man like Jimmy Schubert. But <laughs> who I love, shout out Jimmy Schubert. I was gonna say Cosby, but that's worse. But the tattoos on the face is a very common thing I see now, man. Is it common? Oh, is it very? Did it start? Because remember when Tyson got it, it like shocked the world. Uh, yeah, and it maybe like a crazy Tyson thing to do. Yeah, yeah, but but everybody thought Tyson was crazy when he did it. But now, like, dude, look at all the look at little Wayne. But I. I would oh, say if you go, yeah, if you, like if, yeah, if you can put tattoos on your face, man, make sure you're going to be hugely successful because you're not going yes. to law school and show up to court with uh, tattoos, or already be successful. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Already, you know, it's just. That's but I just started. I've been starting. I think you're allowed to say that without being like. I saw some. I saw some professional. Some professional athlete. I can't remember who it was. Had like tattoos going. Who was it? Oh. The dude who's complaining for the Steelers now, Mar- Martellus Bryant. Okay. Yeah. He has tattoos on his face. Yeah. Yeah, Pull you, your better pants be, up, you, have, you better have a secure <laughs> income stream. Yeah. I'm this telling my kids both that message. I'm taking that home with me. Yes. Back to New York. No you tattoos do. in your faces either, yeah. <laughs> well, for you, they can't get buried in the Well, they can't get any tattoos. To your cemetery. But, you know, oh, yeah. They're definitely right. not going to sneak into the cemeteries on their face. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> true. It's a you horrific can... <laughs> accident for their face. Going off. You can bury them one side up or down and they'll be fine, but not on the face. <laughs> Cap is hilarious, dude. And Teddy's going to get a China stamp. Dude. I need to ask you a cultural question. Question, just to, to make sure that I'm accurate. So Seder is when they chop the dick, right? No, 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 no. That's Seder. Seder's a dinner. Seder's a dinner. Oh shit! <laughs> what? Seder means order, and it's like the order of the Passover meal. Yeah. Which we one is where they clip the, the clip? That's the bris. The bris. The bris. Yes. Like a brisket. Yes. Bris, right. The opposite of Seder. Yes. The complete opposite of Seder. Yeah. I was trying wow. to. Explain. You know, we were walking by the other day that it, this, the place where Teddy had his bris. And I'm like, oh, when you were a baby, we had a party for you in that room. And he's like, a part. I was like, your first birthday is before eighteen, so we had a party. And I got invited to a brisk, and they didn't really give me the full information. You thought it was the same. I thought it was barbaric, man. (laughs) I was like, what the? Wait, what? What do they do? I've never seen. I mean, I know what they do. This is what we do. Everyone watch. Everyone watches. The 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 royal. He says a thing. He introduces what we're gonna do. This ancient thing. And and I was grabbing my. I was literally grabbing my pet. And then then, boop, they snip it. 
And then he cries. <laughs> and then afterwards, we have bagels. We give each other stock tips. It was awesome. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and we go back Wait, to Wait, they hid the stock tips from me. Why did they hide the stock gets tips? Everybody gets everyone, a stock tip. Everyone asks the doctor. Me. Yeah, everyone gives the doctor, ask, can you look at this thing? Is this okay? I got to, you know. It's very oh legal advice. Yeah, every, <laughs> we hit every stereotype. Oh, here. my God. Geography. No. Yeah. <laughs> my kid will never learn geography. <laughs> He's gonna own the world. <laughs> so yeah, it's a weird thing. I invited some people who had never been because I don't know. They, yeah, I they know didn't. Who you invite to a bris when we had it? Well, I, I was, I was. Let, let me just say this. Uh, I was honored to be invited, but yeah. I they just didn't tell me. Like, like, hey, everybody, come over here. So it was in their backyard. So there needs to be like an email. At so least. they had this dope like email, tent. Explain it. They had this dope <laughs> tent in the back, and I'm like, oh, like I grew up going to church. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be prayers. It's gonna be cool. And then when they <laughs> yeah, as oh, a man, man, it's tough to yeah, watch. Yeah, it was even at eight days because if it was any older, you'd be like, "This is not happening." This yeah, like tell me ahead of time, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't, you can't. Well, sprint. you can't even. You're not even supposed to like the real thing is you're not even supposed to invite people. It's just to be like a thing that people just come to. That seems fine. Well, they wouldn't they... know that. Nobody would know. I should show up at this person's bris. So you have to like send out an email to be like, just so you know, we're having a bris, and then you uh, feel like yes. obligated to go because you're. And you know me, dude. Yeah. I'm I'm not used to being in the back, man. So I'm like, you know. <laughs> Fighting my way to get <laughs> you up front. I want to get in front row. Seat, man. You're like bribing people out your front row. Yeah, and then when I found out what it was, I'm like, yeah. excuse me, pardon me. Yeah, excuse <laughs> me front row seats are not. Yeah, worth excuse me, pardon me. He's I'm backing your way out. I'm gonna go sit in the back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna Rosa Parks it back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna go sit back here, man. You guys can have this. That's a good warning. I will yeah. be avoiding brisses in the future. Yeah. But I'll hit a seder. Seders are much more fun. I'm all in for seders, man. I'm all in for bread at brisses, though. No bread at seders. So yeah. that's fine. I'll skip your... bread. I can get bread elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ruben, that's our pod. Ruben, thanks for doing it, man. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Everybody. I've been wanting to do it, man. Get out to Ruby Tuesdays. Cap, what should we do? I'm gonna go go back to that playground and check out there was a zip lining thing, and I'm gonna I wanna get get the specs and then I'm gonna get lost. All right, Hollywood, <laughs> get Hollywood, lost. Baby. <laughs> we used to be number 10. Now we permanently one in the battle lost my finger. Mike became my arm, pistol nozzle, it's Comes with warm tell them, oh, my easy now, squeeze this summer. Test why clef, see that flesh gets scorned. So bad, make you feel like you ain't wanting to be born, John. And tell your friends, stay that hell out of my lord. Chicken George became dead George, stealing chicken from my phone. I'm not the dead kitchen. If you're my fiosis, then I'm bringing all hate to Cecilia. Nobody shoot me. My body made a hand grenade. Girl bled to death while she was sunk in the razor blade. That sounds sick, maybe one day I'll ride the horror. Black killer comes to the ghetto. Jackson Acura. Stevie Wonder sees crack babies. Be clinging the knees in their own families. I'm a getting come, you know what we soon done. Gun by my side just in case I got the rum. A boy on the side of Babylon trying to front like you're down with Mount Zion. Before the fight, I could never hide. Simply hot, fried with cold 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.